Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was ironed out from London, England with Always Be a Foe. That's their new single. They got a video out for this track as well. That, you just heard, was the clean version. I don't know that clean versions are necessary anymore because I can't imagine this type of music getting on the radio, but I still think it's pretty interesting. That's why I left it like that. I could have put in the dirty version, but I thought you want to hear the edited one. We want to keep the swear words to a minimum because we believe in that type of energy. That's not true. I lied, but we're going to say it that way to start this podcast. It reminds me of when I was a kid and I bought Cake's Fashion Nugget from Walmart on cassette and I had no idea that they edited stuff and I got very upset when it came to the chorus of the song about chicken nuggets and it was heavily edited and uh, it was just disappointing. And then later in life, I remember getting a CD on Christmas from my aunt. It was Head Planet Earth's Broke and that was heavily edited as well. And very disappointing. And I don't think I ever got myself a dirty version of that one, though I should have. I definitely had the autographed single of Bartender, though, so don't you worry about that. Anyway, more about Ironed Out. Uh, I assume they got a new record on the way. I'm not sure about that. Way back in, like, episode 50-ish, Lewis from Ironed Out, one of the vocalists, joined me for a conversation. I should probably have those guys back on, one of them, at least, and uh, talk to them. They used to do a a podcast called... um, Everyone but us that I like listening to, but I think that's disappeared. Anyway, Ironed Out from London, England. They've got a little bit in common with who I'm talking to this week. I'm talking to Devin from Rejection Pact. They're both hardcore bands, and both of them have politically motivated, socially aware lyrics from time to time. And uh, that's what this song you just heard was, and maybe there'll be more of that to come. But definitely there'll be more of that to come from Rejection Pact and their new album, Can We Wait?, going to talk to Devin a lot about that, so let's go. Yeah, what's good all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog, back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? I said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap verse, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap verse, it's a hardcore podcast. I said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Yeah, out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Here we are back again for another episode of Getting It Out Podcast. And I gotta say, I've been pumping these bad boys out recently, but there's been a noticeable lack of hardcore. And uh, you know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, that I love hardcore music. Probably the first genre that I... It's not true. Probably the third genre that I love, but the one I fell in the deepest with for sure and uh, I'm always happy to talk about hardcore. I always, these days, feel a little out of touch, but uh, I try to keep up. I don't go nearly to anything anymore, but I try to keep up. That's I'm doing the best I can. One of the ways that I can do that is by talking to relevant bands in the hardcore scene right now, and one of the most, in my opinion, relevant bands is Idaho's Rejection Pact. Excuse me, Boise 
Idaho's Rejection Pact. I learned how to say Boise by talking to Devin Boudreaux, the vocalist of Rejection Pact, on this episode, in this interview. You'll hear him say it, and you'll be like, that's the way you're supposed to say it? I didn't know that. That's not my big takeaway from this one. It's just one of them. Anyway, they got a new record coming out called Can We Wait? They just dropped a music video for the song Hollow Ethos, which I'll play here before we get into the interview, um, on Revolver. It's very cool. A lot of guys playing in front, of, a lot of silhouettes playing in front of TVs with the, the snowy screen on it. Uh, but obviously, there's a uh, there's a message behind the music and the video, as there usually is with Rejection Path. Uh, we talk a lot about that. Typically, I'd be throwing a bunch of nonsense at you right now. Stuff about basketball. Stuff about uh, whatever I feel like. I'm not going to do that right now. Because Devin and I talked for quite a while. And I want to get to that right now. So, here's Hollow Ethos. And this is my conversation with Devin. Rejection Pact. This is correct. That's correct. You do vocals for Rejection Pact. I do. You've been around for a little while. You started the band when? We started fall of 2017. Yeah. Uh, Ralph and Charlie were in a kind of like a punk slash like alt rock. Started punk, they morphed into just like kind of like rock called Step Brothers. And I was on tour with them doing merch. And they they knew that they were like breaking up, mm-hmm. and we were kind of like Charlie and I had been in like bands before, but we were kind of floating the idea. Of, oh, it'd be really cool just to start like a new hardcore band. Like Ralph and Ralph and him still wanted to play music together, and then we were, I was like, all right. So we were kind of talking about that, and then I had gone hiking with our guitar player Nathan, who had actually never been in a band before, but had played guitar for a long time, and he had just got at the time I'd gotten out of like a long term relationship. And I was telling him, like, oh, Charlie and I are going to start, like, a hardcore band. And he was like, oh, could I try out on guitar? Like, I kind of always wanted to be in a band, but I've never actually, like, tried to do it. Would that be cool? And we're like, I was like, yeah, I don't see why not. Like, this is kind of, like, these are some of the bands that we're trying to kind of, like, go for, like, sonically. Like, would you be cool with that? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I like, like, 
so yeah, we got together and jammed and surprisingly like immediately clicked so then wrote a demo recorded it that fall and started doing the band stuff when you said there was there was bands you wanted to sound like there's obviously a direction and intention behind projection pack like from the from the beginning For, right even yeah. on that even on that demo uh lyrically you're attacking certain certain issues was that the initiative for starting the band other than to be a, a hardcore band? Was there like, all right, we want it to be a political and socially aware band? Yeah, I think so. Like, I feel like with a lot, like, we'll just say like, I guess like, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't consider us like a youth crew band at all. Right. But like a lot of the bands we're pulling from maybe our youth crew-ish or like youth crew adjacent, like just right. like kind of melodic hardcore too stuff. But a lot of the lyrics are either like really like emotive, like sad, or like I, I hate a lot of youth crew lyrics. I think a lot of it, like if you're 19, it's awesome, you know. All right. All right. Like I, that's I just can't connect with a lot of that stuff at this point. To where we are kind of always like, let's write about stuff that is just more like prevalent or like not prevalent. Um, relevant. Yeah. Sorry. Relevant and just kind of. I think when we started the band, it was like right around um, Trump was in office at that point. We were all like living in Idaho. We were all very frustrated. Like a lot of us were getting into more like career centric, like jobs and stuff to where mm-hmm. we were very frustrated about a lot of things to where we kind of like, we never like specifically sat down and like, this is what the agenda of the band needs to be. But it was very much uh, we should write songs that are more about this type of stuff. Like that's way cooler. Like that just makes more sense for like how we are as people. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think like, especially like you're talking about the demo. So there's demo seven inch and then the new LP coming out. I feel like all of those, like both the, all the prior releases had political songs, like social songs. And there was like other kind of like one or two other songs that kind of were just like, Oh, this is how I'm feeling right now. So I wrote a song about this. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the new record is like a, to me, it's like a fully like realized, okay, this it's all like one key theme. It's all like much more succinct. If that makes like, you know, kind of it's all sure, built up, yeah, yeah. built up to the new stuff. Like it's finally like a more like realized vision of what we like. Because I mean, obviously, like as we started versus like the band's going, like you're like building off of stuff and kind of like figuring out. Oh, these are the things of the band that we like. These are things that we don't want to do again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like now we finally it's now much more realized. This is what we want. Yeah, I noticed on the earlier stuff. There's some of that. Uh more personal you mi- you mix the social with the personal and you mentioned playing like melodic hardcore the melodic hardcore sound that's in there but i say there's more traditional hardcore in there whatever yeah you usually don't see the combination of the political with the melodic hardcore. Melodic hardcore as a genre is usually like you know yeah. sad, sad guy shit right yeah absolutely which, which when done when done awesome is awesome right but when done a lot of ways is not so awesome you guys, it seems like you guys are you, you're saying you're basically moving on from more of that personal stuff on the new material. Yeah, I mean, so there's a few songs on the record that I wrote specifically from like, I guess like my perspective. Sure. But it's like it's in the sense that like these are these are these are things that I feel based on like my perception of like we have one song on the new record which is a lot about like social norms and like um kind of like society and like you know how like you're like you function within that like based on like social norms and like whatnot and to where 
to me that still feels very like political mm-hmm. and like socially like s- social science or, but, <laughs> but like it to me I, I wrote that from my own perspective based on like my experiences but i'm like okay this is something that clearly i think most people have experienced or can relate to right but yeah i mean none of the songs are about individual like on the seven inch there's like a couple songs about like specific people there's like mm-hmm. none of that like it's all from a much more like communal way gotcha. Even though, gotcha. like, i wrote it from my perspective but i want it to i want it to be we want it to where there's like almost like i guess a sense of solidarity in a way yeah well going backwards a little bit tell me about the, just the name rejection pact where did that come from that came from a month of us shooting down band names and <laughs> i mean it's kind of funny because like we were like one of the things like oh, look at some of like these like classic bands you know like dag nasty or like gorilla biscuits like these names aren't good right but you know their music's their music's great to where like you can like bypass a name that like when you fully look at it, it's just kind of like, what the hell does this even mean? Yeah. And even like, so like, I love Weekend Nachos, but like, that's like, and like the, the, the name, like there, I remember like reading some interview, like kind of going on to their name, like there, there's an actual meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like on a surface level or like seeing that on a t-shirt, it's kind of like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Where with Rejection Pact, we just want it. We know that like the name gives you like a first impression. Mm-hmm. So okay, we want the name to be cool. And we want the name to not sound like a cliche hardcore band. Right. Because I feel like there's a lot of bands where you'll hear the name and you already know what it's going to sound like. Yeah. Like who a T. And yeah. then like. If a hardcore a- band is one five letter word, it's in a certain font. Yeah. yeah. You know exactly what that is. Right. It's, so it's almost like the font really defines what it is. But. but anybody anybody who's been around long enough is gonna know what most hardcore bands sound like based on their name so we were our whole thing was it's like the band name is a first impression so let's have it be one that's cool we wanted we wanted we didn't want a band that was that like it's crazy to me and i mean i'm sure some people just straight up don't care but um it's wild to me how many band names have been within hardcore specifically have been used several times yeah to where we made it a point like it's fucking dumb and why people is it's, yeah, it's like, lazy we wanna, too. we want to know that if someone searches rejection pack we're literally going to be the only thing that comes up in your search results right and then at the same time we wanted something that actually reflected what the band was about because mm-hmm. we we definitely written the demo and stuff before we had a band name to like we were looking through the lyrics and kind of like going back to what we were talking about earlier and just kind of like what what's a good name that reflects kind of the vibe of our band mm-hmm. and then so it's like oh well like we're rejecting a lot of these things like we like oh it's like a pack like that's cool like and then also will it look cool on a t-shirt like it's important yeah like i don't know like we've all been in bands that like were good learning experiences to where like with this band we we were trying to be very intentional with everything that we we're doing mm-hmm. that like it's all very thought out and deliberate what well, seems so that's the that's the impression that i get from all of it so far and it seems like you're heading in the direction like you mentioned like that was the the natural progression of it or that is the natural progression of it. what is the what is the boise or, or idaho as i say what is the idaho hardcore scene like i would say idaho hardcore as a whole is very segmented i mean there's like there's a pocatello hardcore scene there is a Twin Falls hardcore scene. 
the Boise hardcore scene is kind of all in come. Like there's a few other towns that are like within like half hour, mm-hmm. but like Boise is kind of just all of that. But Boise hardcore is definitely where it's at. Like <laughs> that's where most of the shows happen. That's where I would say that's where, you know, the meat and potatoes Oof. is that it's kind of, it's like, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a huge scene, you know, like, especially compared to like, we'll say like, um, like LA or like, you know, Boston or like right. New York and stuff. But so, I mean, I'm trying to think. So there's like Ingrown, which is like giant now. Mm-hmm. And Charlie drums and Ingrown. Um, Charlie's our drummer. There's Witness Chamber. Hunter that plays guitar in Rejection Pack also plays guitar in Witness Chamber. There's Natural Evil. Hunter also plays guitar in Natural Evil. There is Grave Titan, which is more like a kind of metalcore death metal, mm-hmm. like Human Mouth and stuff like that. Hunter plays bass in that. For the most part, all of the bands share at least one or more members. Yeah. Like all of like the, I would say like the primary, like local hardcore bands. And then there's like a handful of kind of other, like we, there's some death metal. Death metal is huge here right now. Like the death metal, there's this band Texas Ketamine here that like, they're all like younger dudes and they draw crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of feel like that is kind of, that's like the young person band here right now. Like, right. you know, I, I feel like every, every like generation, there's kind of like a couple local bands that everyone will go see every, like, no matter, no matter how often you play, the people are always going to go to see them. And I feel like that's that band right now. There's some kind of more um, kind of indie stuff. Well, I would say historically, what's like the biggest hardcore band to come out of Idaho? I'd say Ingrown at this point, there was this band bone dance that was around in like two th- I remember like technically when they had started well let's say like early 2010s yeah yeah like they played fest um they toured they um they were kind of like charlie always talks about this like they were the blueprint to, to show that like oh you could be a band from boise and mm-hmm. actually like do shit they toured quite a bit people outside of boise knew who they were to where i would say they were the first at least I would identify as they were the first band here that really like was doing some shit. Yeah. And then Ingrown at this point, I mean, I would say Ingrown's like one of the biggest bands in hardcore right now, but yeah, I mean, the cool thing about Boise hardcore to me is that like, well, like, like no pun intended, the core group of people mm-hmm. have all known each other for a really long time. Like you can kind of, for the most part, any show that gets booked here, there will be varying amounts of turnout, but you can like, there's going to be a consistent, no matter what, you know, like you, 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 and you, you are going to be at, there at every show. Right. And everyone's like super supportive of like each other's bands. I don't know. It's got like a very, like to me, like the coolest aspect about hardcore is like the communal aspect of it. Right. And I feel like the, like the tight knit group of Boise is very there. And I feel like I've, I've talked, I've, I've ranted about this on like Twitter before, but like, for the longest time, Boise was just kind of like the laughing, the laughing joke of like Northwest hardcore. Why? I, and so, cause from my perspective, there's never been a whole lot going on over there. Right. But that's just from somebody who's lived in Baltimore and has Philadelphia an hour and a half away. And like, you know, like just a, an East coast guy, that corner of the United States was always like uh I don't know what was there was like champion or sinking ships or shook ones like and that was it like trial like that's all yeah i feel like the northwest it's just far first of all 
when I'll look at like East Coast tours and I'm like, that's crazy. Like you can like hit all these different spots <laughs> in like an hour or two. Yeah. Whereas here it's like everything's far to where like I love Northwest hardcore, but it, being that everything's so far, it's really hard for a lot of bands to tour out beyond like doing like the Northwest or even like mm-hmm. over the West Coast tour or playing like Vancouver. Vancouver's Northwest hardcore at this point. Like it has right. been for a while, but it's kind of like it's almost its own little like bubble, you know? And I don't know why, but probably because there really weren't that many bands from here doing anything. And like turnouts in Boise for a long time were pretty shot. It'd be real hard. Like Terror plays, obviously a lot of people are going to come. Or if like a really big, we'll say like classic hardcore band comes through, a lot of people will go. But mm-hmm. for like smaller tours or like just more DIY stuff, like turnouts sometimes are really small or then you'd randomly like, Oh, a ton of kids came to this show, but it's like kind of like why? Like, <laughs> why was this the show where all these people showed up to where I just kind of feel like bands from Boise, like we'll say like the current wave, like us, Ingrown, Witness Chamber, we kind of everyone's just kind of been like, all right, well, we're gonna make people care about Boise hardcore because I mean, there's no reason in theory why they should. You know, it's not like we're so far away from everyone. I really don't think that like and this is a kind of, I guess, my feeling about like hardcore, more like hardcore in general is that like, there's no reason why anyone should care about your band unless you make them care about your band mm-hmm. or what you're doing. There's, there's, there's so much music now. And it's so like, it's so easy to like find it that, I mean, honestly, there's too many bands like <laughs> to where it's hard to keep track of. Yeah. To where I think like, I was talking about this some of their day. I'm like, if I was just now getting into hardcore, I'm like, it's very cool. But at the same, I was like, I'd be very overwhelmed because there's just so much content out there that I wouldn't, I kind of think that for smaller bands right now, it's much harder in a way to get people to care about your band because you I mean, you have like Spotify and like Apple music or whatever to where, unless you're the type of person that likes digging through playlists and stuff, you're kind of going to, you're going to get recommended kind of the same, like 15 or 20 bands, no matter what. Yeah. You're just like digging at the surface of hardcore to where if I was a young person, like, I'd be very overwhelmed because it's like, well, I'm just going to listen to these like handful of bands because like it keeps getting recommended to me. There's just so many. It's just like a lot of work. Like I'm good. Like I've been stuck know, in that, uh, the, in the, you know, if you listen to something on Spotify, it'll like, you know, go on its own and, you know, it's just start up. A, it's like own, it's, yeah. Yeah. If I hear fucking uh, statement of pride, almighty watching or combust like this same songs from the same band have, I swear to God, if I kept track of that, have played on my, in my headphones so many times over the year and it's like it's recommending the same thing over and over and over not that that's like my source for where i find out about hardcore music but i can see if you're trying to um might be a little overwhelming to hear the same shit over and over but the thing that i i was just thinking of as you were saying that was i think we all usually at least those of us who've been involved for a long time celebrate the all the things that fall under the umbrella of hardcore but I wonder if for people getting into it, that's a bit of a detriment because it doesn't necessarily, it's like, like hardcore doesn't necessarily have a, a sound that everybody agrees on anymore. You know what I mean? it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it might be me harder and, to get in. Me and one of my buddies probably talk about this way too much. <laughs> I kind of feel like, at least, I mean, and, and again, this is my, this is not reflective of the, this is the band. This is purely just how I feel about this. 
I think that for a lot of people, hardcore is much more of just a type of music at this point, as opposed to like everything else that kind of is like a communal aspect or like, you know how you used to be able to see someone in public and you knew that they were like a hardcore kid. You just knew. Yeah. They didn't even have to have merch on and you could just look at them and be like, I bet they like hardcore. (laughs) I don't think that's a thing anymore. (laughs) I think that I was at like a street fair this weekend by my house. And I'm like, there are so many people here that, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have thought they liked hardcore. Yeah, I know what you mean. Now, yeah. I promise you that they just have like traditional tattoos or a lot of the styles, like a lot of the fashion trends that were within hardcore is just much more like mainstream now. Mm-hmm. And not even that it was necessarily like alternative. Like I hear, for instance, like Champion or like Dickie stuff where it was just like people wore this, but now it's like streetwear brands, like right. in a way. And it's like, that's crazy. Like, these these were cheap clothes that I bought because they were cheap and like you could get them anywhere. But um, so I think that being that you're saying how like it's such like a kind of broad term at this point, like hardcore, I think that for a lot of people, hardcore is just a type of music at this point. Like if you see footage from a lot of shows now, you see much more of people, like people aren't like moshing and probably the way that you or I would think of moshing. Mm-hmm. it's like much more of just like kind of bobbing around and you're kind of push moshing and you're kind of feeling flailing your arms a little bit and like one sense maybe that is way more tribal and like more just like this person is literally like has no preconceived notion of oh well at this part i'm supposed to like skank or like two step and at this part i'm supposed to like do a spin kick or like throw a windmill right whereas now it's like oh people are just hearing this music and this is purely how they're reacting to it and it's just like Maybe that is way more honest. And like, at the same time, I think that to me, it just feels like much more like a type of music that people like to where I think that for a lot of people, and I mean, it could be, and it could even just be at this present time for them. It's just a type of music that they like. Right. And, you know, maybe they'll develop into like, oh, you know, I'm going to get rid of my bondage pants and I'm going to get like, you know, the camo shorts or whatever, like. You know, maybe maybe we're, maybe we're just being old men about it, though. Maybe you and I in our mid and late maybe. 30s are just being uh, crattity old men about it. And well, that's why, like, I don't even like like it feels weird saying it out loud, doesn't it? Like, oh, for, oh well, for <laughs> sure. I mean, like, so like Boise, look, we'll circle back to Boise a little bit. When you play a packed out show in Boise, the amount of just like weirdo type people at the show vastly outnumbers someone who looks like, you know, a hardcore kid. Right. I have no problem with that. I think it's cool. I think of when I first, when I got into hardcore, I didn't look like the proto hardcore person. I remember, I don't know why I specifically remember. So I went to a show, a pop punk band was playing in a parking lot of a pizza restaurant. And I had on like a glass jaw shirt, plaid bondage pants, <laughs> like tube, tube socks and like Adidas, like, and had like ball chain necklace. Like I think I had like blue spike hair or something like at that, by that point I was listening to heart, like a lot of hardcore mm-hmm. and I did not look like someone I, that listened to hardcore. I think if someone would have been like, are you a hardcore kid? I would have been like, I don't know. Like <laughs> I like hardcore for all the corny things that happen within hardcore. That'll probably forever happen. It's still so sick and it's so cool. And like, all of the cool positive things that we've gotten out of hardcore. We like, we would never want someone not to have the chance for that. I think hardcore hardcore should be for everyone, but it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't think that hardcore should have to cater to everyone. 
you yeah. know, like when people are like, oh, we want to change this and this and this. And it's like, I'm not really with that. Like hardcore should stay being hardcore. Right. But at the same time, I think that everyone, like the more people that can like come into it and like get something out of it. Like, I don't know. Like when people get mad about people for like dropping out and stuff, I'm just kind of like, if it's not for you anymore, that's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like why? Like I think thinking anyone needs to stick around if they don't like something's crazy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just kind of, I, we have a song on our seven inch actually about that, but it's kind of just like how you drop out, I think matters. <laughs> right, you know, right. like going to go around and like shit talk how hardcore sucks and stuff. And I'm like, well, you took from it for however long. And it was clearly a, an important part of your life and like shaped you in one way or another. Like you don't need to like act like it's not cool. Like maybe it's just not for you anymore. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Just don't, don't be a loser about how like you dip out, like just kind of to where, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that getting back on the crotchety thing, you know, I catch myself a lot. I'm like definitely like a Luke, a low key hater on a lot of stuff. Right. But I'm also like, don't hate on stuff publicly. Like that's just like a bad vibe. You know what I mean? Like no one wants that energy. Like, if it's not for you, that's fine. You can think something sucks. You'll need to tell everyone about it. I, I fully agree. I keep my, uh, my net. I try to keep my, all my negative comments about, about something that I love, like hardcore <laughs> to private conversation because, well, first I don't want to shit on anybody's band ever. I don't care what type of music they're making. I used to it all the time. Right. I used oh, to write. I used, I used to, I, my favorite thing used to be like, I don't like this band. I'm going to definitely like, yeah. Talk shit. Like, now I don't want to. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from anybody about a band they don't like. Like, I don't, like all right, maybe like privately, we'll be like, can you believe people like this shit? Like, what? What? Like, whatever. But yeah, that's gonna stay between us. Like, um, I'm happy for the people that do enjoy it. I just I don't know why they do, but I'm all, all more power to them. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I I feel like I'm a lot of times outside looking in on hardcore now um just because of how old i am with the family whatever um and i don't have a problem with that and i like i like it the way it is now but it seems like when i like listen to rejection pack that i see what you're about it seems like you are definitely like what you're talking about going for the more traditional hardcore approach uh both in sound and in ethos and in like initiative direction here's what we're about uh the energy of it the 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 name, the the style, you know, everything. Yeah. Do you feel like there's overall a lack of that, like straight up hardcore in hardcore right now? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I think heavier hardcore is always going to be the most popular. I kind of feel like yeah. ever since, like, we'll say the 2000s, I feel like that's always been. And I mean, I think that makes sense, especially if you look at people's entry points and stuff. A lot of people, my entry point before hardcore was new metal, then punk, and then yeah. hardcore. And then a lot of people are now like, especially like younger people. Oh, they were into like deathcore, or maybe just kind of like big room metalcore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we're like looking at current stuff. I think that. So on one hand, I think hardcore is in some ways the most diverse it's ever been. I agree. Yeah. But then at the same time, when you're looking squarely at like how many are just like just straight up hardcore bands, like not not leaning super, super hard into any niche style. Like, you know, every, not every generation, but like, you know, Oh, well right now they're like, not right now, but like a few years ago, it's like, Oh, the metalcore revival is the big thing mm-hmm. within yeah. hardcore. And it's like, okay. And then, um, 
So there's always going to be these little waves, but I think like looking at what's happening right now, I just don't really feel like there's just that many, like at least there are, but we'll say like, you know, air quotes popular, (laughs) Um, just like hardcore bands. And I think that um, because of that, that just makes us, I think, and just like, I mean, it's the kind of hardcore we're playing. It's just the the shit that like we like, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like, Oh, this is, this is the sound that we want to play. And the fact that not a lot of bands are actively doing. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like, not to be like contrarian in that sense, but it's like, oh, that's like, that's cool. Like, it's not like, we like, we always joked about when we started, like, oh man, if we would have, if we would have been in like playing this and like. 2006 or 2007 like who would give a crap about what we're doing like whereas like now it's like oh you know there's really not especially with like the new stuff like that's why i can't wait for people here like the new record like we're pulling from bands that i don't think anyone at the moment is pulling from and i think especially for maybe younger people have probably never heard of like who so our big uh, the biggest influence go alone like yeah especially like with the newer stuff, like we definitely leaned into go to one a lot. I bet if you ask most people that are actively involved in hardcore right now, do you know who go to alone is? They'd probably say no. Probably not. No. And like, um, like strike anywhere is like a big influence for us. Mm-hmm. American nightmare is a big influence for us. I think a lot, I, I, I just don't feel like they're a band that's like that relevant to like younger people anymore. Which is interesting because you would yeah. think, thematically it would be like exactly what well, the I think, younger I mean, generation likes the really when i moved here none of my friends that like were in the hardcore scene here when i moved here even like they didn't care about any older bands they liked what was going on then in like and talking with some of them like i don't want to really get into bands that like i won't ever be able to see Mm-hmm. Like one of my friends was just like, that's so unappealing to me. Like, I don't want to like connect with a band and like get really into it and know I'll never see this live. That sucks. So I'm, I don't really like, it's not like, I don't dislike older bands. There's just not anything that's like on my like radar. Right. I don't really want to be. And I think like, I kind of think of that, that mentality probably like is probably pretty like familiar for a lot of people within hardcore where it's like, like I loved that sound fear this year only had current bands. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I think Fest, yeah. 
I think fest should be a representation of what's going on right now. But um, like I went and saw Agnostic Front and Sickfoot on Crown of Thorns last week. Mm-hmm. I knew like three people at the show. <laughs> Everyone I, I know locally, I'm like, oh, you're going to go to that show? And they're like, like younger people I know. And they laughed and were like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> that's crazy. Like these bands are good. And they're like, they're fine. I just, I don't want to go. And I'm like, okay. They were sick. Like yeah. I was surprised how much fun I had. But no, um, to me that yeah, and, and likewise to me that's like a hell yeah, I'm gonna go to that show, you know. Well, Most, but yeah, but I but I but I get it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like well, Agnostic Front. I feel like not a lot of people were big on Agnostic Front until they came out with that documentary a couple years ago, and then everybody's like, oh yeah, they are the Godfathers are hardcore. Like, well, hold on a second, I've been going to see this band forever, right? Because I've I've liked them for a very long time, and. Sometimes they played a pretty empty room. I'm happy that people were back on board with them. Now. Oh, the show, the yeah, show, the show I went to was shot as hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was, um, I was texting some of my friends who, like, I had a couple of friends that were going to go in the last minute, like, give their tickets to, like, someone else. And I was texting them, I'm, like, sending them pictures. I'm like, this is, like, embarrassingly, like, shot. Like, isn't it weird? Isn't it? Emb- do you feel, I feel awful. I feel so out. I, feel I did in the fashion. Weird. <laughs> I do when it's at so the sh- the show that that the venue that that show is at was at a sh- at a bigger venue that normally doesn't book hardcore shows unless it's mm-hmm. like a big like a big tour where it's like this clearly was booked through like a huge booking agency you know what I mean right. but when it's a smaller show I feel guilty as hell if there's not a lot of people there even if it's like I don't even like these bands that much I'm just kind of here like I'm gonna check it out and if there's not a lot of people I'm like ah this sucks just like. I know what's going through this fan's head right now. Like, yeah, they don't. Let's, let's fucking go. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I was talking with someone the other day about this too, and how at the present time it kind of feels like there's either people that like this is what they told me, and like I never really thought like fully thought about the way they phrased it, but it was like there's kind of two types of hardcore kids. I know there's like older, we'll just say dudes, you know, not like not just dudes, but like older dudes who kind of don't really care about what's currently going on like they like their classic stuff mm-hmm. and it's it almost feels like they don't want to care about what's currently going on yeah i think that's and they're very like true. you know it's like oh, all these like y'all like snowflake well like all that stupid nonsense and it's like so they're like very like contrarian for new stuff mm-hmm. and then you have younger kids who like kind of pull out it's like i don't give a shit about old old guy stuff like i just don't care like you know like get the old guy shit out of here. Like I yeah, don't want yeah. to <laughs> and to where for me, I'm like, I've always liked the old stuff. I always like the current stuff. Like, like I remember whenever I discovered soul seek and download like, everything. Yeah. Just like nerding. Out, like, Oh, I don't even know who this band is, but it sounds cool. Like this name or like, Oh, I've heard of this band. I've seen this band. I've seen like bands wearing their merch or like, I've seen it in like a, like a liner note on like a record. Hopefully it's good. And like the cool thing was like, some of the stuff was great. Some of it sucked. Yeah. But it was kind of like, it was cool. Like, I love that aspect of hardcore of like the nerding out and like doing like deep dives. Like that's what I did a lot during like the pandemic was like going back and listening to older bands where it's like, I heard this when I was younger, didn't like it or it's stuff where it's like, I like all these bands that are influenced by this that are like current. Let me go back and give this another shot. Like really got into a lot more like post hardcore and kind Mm -hmm. of like just like emo core stuff that like I used to just not, like it all i'm like oh maybe it's because like a little older like a lot of it this is all stuff that's smart and it's like clicking for me now yeah yeah no i gotta i gotta revisit a lot of that stuff but but i also find i gotta do that with 
I've got to make myself give, I have a playlist on Spotify that I have. It's titled, give it more time. And it's for current shit that the stuff, cause it comes so quick that, it's, you know, you just move on to the next one. So I throw them, like, I, I throw them in a playlist and I don't like listening to playlists. I can't stand, I actually hate listening to playlists, but I put it in there and it's like the, all the, it's the full album or record or whatever. Yeah. Just to let it play, just to hear stuff again because of how quick, you know, the turnover rate of new records is insane. And because I will dismiss, I will dismiss a newer band quicker than I should, in my opinion. But I mean, it sounds like we both probably put way more thought into <laughs> listening to and enjoying hardcore than we probably should. Well, I think, I think it's like a lifelong like, thing at this point. I think as you get old, like I'll talk with Hunter about this lot because he's a little younger than me. And um, there'll be like some like newer bands that like he just thinks are like some of like the greatest shit ever. And I'm like, I'll listen to it. I'm like, this isn't bad. I can, I can just like listen to it and I like hear the bands that they're pulling from. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, there was a, like, you know, there was these other bands that kind of sounded like this that I loved when I was like 19. So I get why you like this. It's just like, I've got like, I think the older you get, it's just harder to like, I guess, get wowed. Yeah. In that yeah. sense, you know, I think even now, I think there's a, a ton of cool bands. It's just that like, I kind of say like the more movies you watch, it's going to be harder to like get really like there's nothing wrong with stuff that's just enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, this is fine. Like, I think that I notice a lot of older people, I feel like they're so fucking picky about stuff where it's like you don't have to love all this stuff, but you can like it and just enjoy it for what it is. All, all of my favorite records, like hardcore records, for the most part, are when I was between the ages of like 19 to 21. Mm-hmm. And it's because that was when it was. I was like the most like a sponge and like, you know, I, I think I'm like, Oh, I was in a very weird emotional state then to where like music meant way more to me. And like, mm-hmm. I was living in Alaska and like, I felt super isolated and like all this shit to where it's like, I really connect with music to where I think that like, you know, when you're older, you got other stuff going on. It's just like, why would music shouldn't be, you shouldn't, I don't think you should be necessarily interacting with music the same way you can interact with it in different ways and appreciate things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And to where um with like a lot of like current stuff, it's like I think you is there I think it was on Axe Grind a while ago there, like threw out a question of like people that like we'll just say older people in general, like very broadly, have there been rec- hardcore records that came out post 2010 that are like one of your favorite hardcore records? Yeah. And to where like I thought that was pretty interesting. And so I like I was trying to think like even in the last five years, have there been like hardcore records that have come out that are some of my favorites? And I'm like, I don't know I'm necessarily top 20. But I'm like, there's like, there's some current stuff that I listen to constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, I think, well, I think to, in order to put them like your favorite ever, you need to spend years with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, needs, it, needs to, it needs to stand your own personal test of time. And because there's, there's records that I loved that I don't think I listen to much anymore, you know? But there's records yeah. like, there's records like, Can I Say from Dag Nasty that, I will always appreciate the whole way up and down. And I didn't find that one when it came out, you know, I was three. So, you know, but then there's, there's like a have hearts, things we carry, which I consider, which is one of my favorites ever or terror lowest of the low, one of my favorites ever. And then there's the usual suspects. I think that's, I think it's a good point though, that people don't, don't even open themselves up to the possibility that something new can be something that good. Well, it's okay. Rejection Pack, biggest influence, rivalry records. Bar none, biggest influence. Right, yeah, I can hear it, yeah. Like, 
by like 2008, a lot of that sound I liked of like a lot of those bands were starting to and like bands that came from that era were getting on to like their third records. Like most hardcore bands don't have that many good records in them. Right. You know, it's just hard. Like unless you really start like flexing your your wings and like really stretching like and at that point it's like are you still the same band to start a new band at that point? Like, I kind of feel like a lot of people are starting to start a new project. Like the half heart thing happened. I saw so many people that were just like, just like, Oh, you know, like feel it. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how I'm trying to say it. it's like just big, big eye rolls of some people that acted like, Oh man, like heart, like hardcore sucked for so long. This was such a, like a nice breath of fresh air. And I'm like, that's not true, but okay. <laughs> and then other people that what I hoped and I, I mean, who knows if it happened or not? Like, I really hope that this would people going to see Half Heart caught all of the new bands that played those shows. And I loved when they did that, um, when they did the reunions on the East Coast, how they threw like One Step Closer and just a lot of like newer bands. Like, I think Abuse of Power played the shows. Yeah, too. I think so too. Like, yeah. Kind of like, if you like Half Heart, you'll like these other bands because it's in the same wheelhouse. It's just, you know, maybe you hardcore died for you in 2009, but like, there's always been bands like, <coughs> and I mean, it's, I mean, like you're saying, like, I think music moves absurdly fast now. Yeah. And I think it's extremely hard to keep up with it. And especially with like, I asked, I threw out a question a while ago on like Twitter and like Instagram and stuff. Like, how do you discover new music? Like what? How do you actually find it? Because it like most, I don't think most people are out searching for it. And a lot of people, most the biggest answer or common answer I got was if I see enough people post about it on their stories to check it out, or someone they have a friend that like whose opinion or taste they trust. So if they post something, they will specifically check it out because they shared it. Or someone directly get like messages like one of their friends like, oh, you need to check out this band or this record. And so I think that depending on who your friend group is, you know, you might not have someone that's like a quote unquote tastemaker yeah. showing you stuff or at the same, like, or they said, Oh band, I, I'll check it. I'll check a record out if a band shares it or a label shares it. A lot of bands aren't really using social media to put on for anyone other than themselves or, <laughs> like, or maybe like if they're like label mates with that band or it's like, or it's like, Oh, this is my homies band. So yeah, I'm going to post about them. But I'm like, there's so many cool records that I don't think a lot of people see just because of how people discover music now. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to Spotify and it's like social algorithms and stuff to where I think that it's really, we'll circle back to the Northwest aspect. I think it's really hard for a lot of bands to, to be discoverable by like everyone. Yeah. You know, whereas I even think like a few years ago, it felt at least to me, it felt way easier or I don't know. I think like, again, I made the comment, there's too many bands mm-hmm. and it's just like, there's so many bands right now. I think there's a lot of cool bands right now, but then I really notice how like, there's so many bands that I like, well, I'll talk to my friends and they're like, I've never heard them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, it's probably good. But I know why you've never heard them, but like, check it out. It's cool. But it's just because they're not like being black, being blasted across their stories or like, they're like, you know what I mean? Over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, in the case of Rejection Pack, it seems like it seems like people are called on to you guys, at least from my perspective. You released that promo earlier this year, and that got, uh, I consider it a decent amount of 
uh, coverage and a decent amount of people interested in even that hype, if we want to use the word. And like you mentioned, there's not too many bands doing exactly what you're doing now. When that's just the promo, when do we, when can we actually expect the full LP? We start dropping singles in October. So then I'm not going to give specific dates away, but people will be able to hear the whole record in November. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's, uh, that's coming on safe inside. I have to imagine. Yeah, we actually, I was talking earlier with several people involved in like the whole like rollout and like mm-hmm. starting to be like, all right, we need to like, like, like a lot of bands, I feel like a lot of bands will kind of like have, oh, we're going to do this, this and this. And then like, kind of like, okay, we actually need to do this now. Like everyone waits till the last minute. Right. So we're kind of like, all right, let's actually like, let's get all this lined up. And specifically, like, these are all the things we're wanting to do. Let's just make sure we actually now get it done in a timely fashion versus like, week before like oh we better like throw these ads together and things like that but yeah so i wouldn't consider us like a cool band but i think that i think people i don't necessarily think a lot of people per se have like heard us but i think a lot i think enough people know at least know the band name yeah and know that we're from boise right and i think that even just getting name recognition to me feels like one of the like the biggest hurdles within Mm -hmm. music to where I mean, we're really hoping with this record, it's kind of like people have heard our name. Maybe they haven't given, maybe they, maybe they checked out a couple of songs on the seven inch. Maybe they checked out a song on the promo, but we're kind of like really hoping that it's name recognition. It's, it's the 12 inch LP. We wrote the rec, we wrote the album as an actual album. Yeah. Like it's meant to be listened to front to back. Obviously I don't know how many people actually do that with like streaming and stuff, you know, right. if you want to just pick out your favorite songs, that's fine put them on a playlist but um we're kind of i'm really hoping the name recognition and it being like an lp and not like i don't know look, we put a lot of time into it that we're really hoping that like that's enough to get people to finally like give it a real listen like we kind of were joking about how not joking in a sense but like everything up to this we've recorded ourselves and put mm-hmm. out ourselves like didn't like well say save inside put out the seven inch and like the promo but like our drummer charlie recorded the demo mix and master the demo the seven inch we recorded ourselves i want to say he mixed it himself and then we had one of his friends in atlanta mastered it the promo thing is actually like that's from when we recorded the lp but this is like the first time where we like went into a studio took our time to where like this record sounds way better than the other stuff it maybe it's a good thing that like we didn't because we always wonder like him and i've talked like i wonder if the seven inch if it would have just sounded better if like that would have like pushed us to have like maybe cooler opportunities or we could like more people would have been into it. Cause like, I don't think the seven inch sound, I think the seven inch sounds fine, but like even when we recorded it, like we plan on just like putting it out ourselves. Like we didn't even expect it to get like pressed on vinyl or anything. We're like, Oh, maybe this will be a blessing in disguise. Like you'll, it'll really seem like a level up from the seven inch, like sonically, like versus like coming right out of the gate with something that sounds great. Right. Right. Like, no, that's, that's, I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. You on the promo, you had a re-recorded version of Hired Goons, which was on was that on the demo or the seven the demo? That was on the demo. We did we wanted to do that because we noticed whenever people would like film little clips of us to, like post on Instagram, that was more often than not that was the song people recorded. Mm-hmm. Looking at like stream numbers, not that many people were streaming it, and then. Anytime we play it live, people would mosh and like go off to it and stuff. So we're kind of like, this is like one of the, 
like this is a cool song that I really don't think that a lot of people know exists <laughs> in the demo. Like it's a demo. Like we recorded that. I think maybe we had been in a band maybe three months. Like I think I don't like how I sound on the demo. I think everything else sounds fine on it, but we're like, we need to breathe new life into the song. And I think for a lot of people, it'll mm-hmm. be the first time they're hearing this, like a recorded version of it. Right. And like, I don't know. I look at a lot of records that I like where it's like, I know like how many first, and it's usually, they usually do it more. So like, Oh, from the demo to the first actual proper release, it's songs off the demo, just re-recorded, you know? Okay. Yeah. But we were just like, the song rocks. Well, I don't I can't imagine ever not playing it like on our set to where it's like, let's just at least have like, this needs a way better recording. Like I changed some, like we think we changed like a couple of the lyrics on it, added some other new stuff, but we were just like, this song needs a better demo recording. Doesn't do it justice. And we're like, Oh, this will be something cool exclusively for like the flexi that like, isn't on anything else. Gotcha. So it's not, that's what I was going to get to. So it's not part of the LP and no. there, there won't be, I'm guessing now since the way you've been talking, there won't be any other re-recorded versions on the LP there. It's all new material. More or less. More or less. Gotcha. Well, um, what are you most looking forward to with the release of this? I'm just psyched for And by the way, I think we should say it's called Can We Wait, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I'm just psyched for people to hear. I mean, we demo tracked it in 2020. Like we had Super the whole similar. record written. Yeah. We recorded it that summer. Like, um, you know, you know, the lowest COVID cases were gonna be like at that <laughs> time, you know, we're like, okay, well, clearly like we waited and we're like, okay, COVID's not going anywhere. So let's just be as safe as we possibly can. And like, luckily almost two thirds of the band were working at home. And so like, we ended up writing the rest of like, we had had half the record written before mm-hmm. COVID. And so we figured we pivoted once we figured out, figured out how to write the rest of the record. So I'm just excited for people to hear it. Like we've had these songs. I've listened to these songs so many times and like, I mean, it was nice getting it done so early. So when we actually went to the studio, we had flushed out already like anything that we wanted to change mm-hmm. and when it, at least for me when it came to recording a lot of the songs like i knew pretty well at that point because when we recorded vocals demo tracking it that was crazy to me because i hadn't sang on half the songs ever right so it was like very learning as i go like oh, i have all the lyrics written but like let's see her let's hear how it sounds but um i'm just psyched for people to hear it i think that i think if anyone liked our older stuff they'll like this it to me it sounds like the natural progression of where the sound would go mm-hmm. but at the same time i think that we took a lot more i should say a lot more but we did stuff that i think is you know air quotes weird for hardcore yeah in a way and just like oh let's these are like because we're also pulling from like like one of like charlie's biggest influences is propagandi okay so like we have parts on the record that I think kind of sound like propaganda. And I don't necessarily, I don't really think that's an influence that most hardcore bands are currently like looking to, or, um, just I think that's true, but that's a very cool band and they're not oh, that they're far sick. off from hardcore. That's a band so. that I didn't honestly like. So Ralph, Ralph, Nathan and Charlie worship propaganda. Mm-hmm. Oh, the people that I, love them, love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get into them till the pandemic. I was like, Charlie, give me, what would get me into this band at this point? So he's like, I'll listen to these songs. And then like, like I didn't love, like I went and like listen to a lot of the records. They're, the, they're a band where like certain specific songs will stick out. I'm like, this fucking rocks. Like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And there's other stuff from like, oh, this is a little too like, you know, punk for me. Right. Like that kind of punk, you know what I mean? Like 
to me they're like very like riffy punk you know like it's fast and stuff but yeah so i mean i just i'm psyched for people to hear it i think that because we wrote it like an album i think that like that's like one of my biggest things i think that there's a lot of records where i just like a lot of stuff i was like why is this an why is this an lp like i don't it overstays its welcome mm-hmm. our record's short like it's a lot of songs and it's short like i like that's like one of the, I guess, things I'm most proud of about it is that I think the record flows really well. And I think that it's not, it doesn't leave room to get bored. Right. The same thing goes with like playing shows. Like I love short sets. I hate when a hardcore band plays too long. I want, I'd rather play to where people are like, oh, I wish they were playing another song. It's like, oh, we're done. Sorry. Like, yeah. That's what I always say. I like my hardcore records quick over with, you know, and I like, the, I listen to plenty of other stuff too, but I like my metal stuff. I like it to be like two days long, but I want the hardcore record to be done in like 20 minutes, you know, that's, and th- that seems that's been about your MO so far. I think you've, I don't know how many tracks you put out, but it's been a lot. And I think you have like 20 minutes of music out there. So. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Like we're always just like, we don't even like when we'll hit like mosh parts, like this part, this like, you'll have like you're not it's not going to be so long you'll have there's no there'll be no way you get tired moshing like you know in and out like know the song know the part like you'll be good but yeah i'm just like people here i think that for a younger person i think that a lot of the stuff that we're a lot of the the songs and kind of like the way we're playing like our style of hardcore i don't necessarily know how many young people would be that familiar with that style Mm -hmm. and i think that's cool yeah i think that gets me excited to maybe be like that kind of band that like puts them down that rabbit hole of like mm-hmm. looking into like all the bands that like were influenced by, influenced by and like what we're pulling from. Because um, when I was like, when I was like 19 or 20, the current bands that I was, that I really liked were pulling from older bands. And that made me like go and look into that. Like, um, like Allegiance was one of my favorite bands. And then um, you can clearly tell that they're influenced by trial. Right. And that put me on the trial. Right. And trial fucking rocks. And just like stuff like that. Like we're kind of hoping. And then because like the lyrics were like a really big important component to the records that like I don't think that what we're that like what we wrote about is necessarily like any like it's not like breaking ground, you know, it's not like all of these things that we're frustrated about and talking about, that's one of the things that's frustrating about them. It's like, oh, this is nothing new. Like mm-hmm. and so I mean in one way, like the, the, the record title like, can we wait like it's just like obviously no we can't wait like you know what i mean but um we're kind of like i'll kind of try to quote charlie on this when we were like writing the lyrics he was like oh when i was when i was younger i remember getting into like strike anywhere and propaganda and reading through their lyrics kind of put me on to thinking about those type of things and it kind of pushed me to start thinking about things a little more politically or socially and that kind of like in one sense sent me down a rabbit hole and kind of going again, going back to what we were talking about earlier and like how we've been like influenced by hardcore in like a positive way. I think that a lot of my viewpoints on like just things outside of hardcore have been directly influenced by like hardcore and punk mm-hmm. to where we're like, that's our, one of our other big goals of the record is like, Oh, well, you know, maybe a younger person and maybe, I mean, maybe an older person that just hasn't, you know, it's not age restrictive. I just know that like the older you get kind of the harder it is for you to like change your like viewpoints as much or like (laughs) think about things, you know, but kind of like, Oh, this can be like a stepping stone for someone to like, think about these type of things. And at the same time, I also think that I know, at least for me, sometimes 
hearing something said just a certain way mm-hmm. will make it click. Even if it's like, oh, what they're saying isn't necessarily that the like the root of what they're saying isn't any different than what I've heard before. But it's just it's being said in this way, or it's like phrased in this way, or it's just like you know the human brain is very weird and like gets that like light bulb to go off. Yeah. If if someone can take something from hardcore and put it outside of hardcore, I guess that's like that's the other like end goal of our record. Right. I mean, like, I think it might have uh, weekend nachos again. So I feel like they played a show once, or maybe it was like I was watching a YouTube video or like an interview where like the singer was kind of like going on about how when people are like, this next like this song's an anti-racist song. Like, if you're a racist, there's the door, and it's like you're at a hardcore show. Like, yeah, maybe there's someone there that's racist or like whatever, but it's like you're kind of preaching to the choir right now. Like yeah, everyone echo chamber, yeah, yeah, like to where. You know, I don't think that most people necessarily like, again, going back to older people, I don't think what we're saying is necessarily going to be like a holy shit, like, wow, like, but, you know, for a younger person, I think it can be. And I think that at the same time, you know, sometimes hearing it the right way or hearing it a different way, you know, I know I feel like that happens to me a lot. We're like, I'll like watch a documentary or like listen to like an interview or whatever. I'll just read something and finally like, Oh, I've heard this a ton of times, but that makes sense now or right. things like that. That's very cool. It's a, it's a very cool, um, I don't want to say ambition, but it's a very cool thing to want from something. It's a different, it's, you know, people just want people to typically, not all the time, when people have a new hardcore record, they just want it to be exciting for other people. But I like that you do have a message you want to get across. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, I, like, I think that's a little bit lacking these days. Like, I don't, I don't think that every hardcore band has to have something to say. Yeah, I agree I with that. that. I think that especially with the way that people digest, um, you know, there's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, everything now, thinking back to when I was like a teenager, everything feels so much more political now. And I do think music isn't a form of escapism for a lot of people to where it's like, yo, if you're dealing with this stuff constantly, and you just want to go to a show and have fun, or you just want to listen to music and just like have a good time. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's not weird at all. But I do think variety is the spice of life. At the same time, there are a lot of hardcore bands that don't really have anything to say right now. So I would like to be one of the bands that does have something to say, but also not faulting bands for not like, if you don't want to say anything, that's cool too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I think there should be bands that do have something to say. Well, it sounds like we'll get that with Can We yeah. Wait, which comes sometime in November, Safe Inside Records. And I think that's probably where we should leave this at. One last thing, any tours or anything happening with Rejection Pact around the, uh, towards the end of this year that you could talk about, if not? Uh, we're doing a SoCal weekend with Change the first weekend of November. We're playing San Diego, Oxnard, and Orange County. And then we're going to be playing Act Like You Know Fest in Tulsa, which is the third weekend of November. East Coast is happening. Um, that's like a big thing. Like, oh, what, what do you hope with this record? I want the record out so we can go play new places. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, give, it gives us a reason to go play these places to where that's, I guess, that's the other thing I'm most excited for is just so we can hit new places. There's a lot of places that I've wanted to play that just been biding our time to play.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Devin of Rejection Pact. Of course, the song you just heard was Social Murderer off of Can We Wait. Pre-orders are up right now, by the way, on SafeInsideRecords.com. Go reserve your copy. It's one that is not to be missed. A late entry with this November release date for Hardcore Record of the Year, maybe? I don't know. I'll let you be the judge, but I've listened to it quite a few times now, and I think it's pretty damn cool. And if you like the two songs you heard on this episode or the things that Devin and I talked about, I suspect you'll like the full thing. Thanks to Devin for taking the time to talk to me. I enjoyed our conversation and our time together, and I hope I made a new friend. Anyway, I also hope I didn't sound too out of touch talking about hardcore. I worry about that sometime. It's the only genre I feel like uh, maybe I might have lost touch with, and... I just don't want to be one of those old hardcore guys. Just, they're the worst. They're the fucking worst. And I know so many of them. And we see so many of them on the internet all the time. I just don't want to be one of those guys. So if I am, somebody please let me know. Uh, the minute you see me put School of Hard Knocks in my bio, you know I've crossed that line. I'm never coming back. But until then, it hasn't happened yet. So I think we're safe and sound. That's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. My plan is to keep pumping these things out at a quick pace for the time being, but I don't know how long that's actually going to last. So you can expect future episodes, future hardcore related episodes from Law of Power and Jive Bomb, and there may be a special big one in there down the pipeline. Might be. Keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. Keep a keep your keep your sniffer out for that. You can smell it sometimes. You can smell a good podcast guest coming. Ew, that sounds gross. You know what I'm saying. There might be a cool one down the way. A cooler one than usual. Not that the other ones aren't cool. I'm saying too much. I should stop. How about I just play you a song and then we can move on with our day. And how about we revisit an awesome hardcore band that I've played on here. I've interviewed on here. I've talked about multiple times. School Drugs. Let's play the only track I haven't played off of their latest 7-inch Absolution. This one's called Cold Hearted. It's available now on Indecision Records. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.